Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Hey guys, it's me again. I just quickly wanted to remind you that all the show notes with the links and resources we mentioned in this episode are available on my blog. So head there now and leave a comment for me or our guest and we'll respond. And you can also find the entire archives of all the episodes from the Wellness Wonderland podcast and catch up on those at thewellnesswonderland.com slash podcast dash two. And if you guys are digging the show, it would be super duper awesome if you guys could leave me a review and a rating over on iTunes. It would be so helpful to bring more people to the show. Thank you guys so, so much for listening and leaving a review. And without further ado, here is this week's podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I am psyched to be with my guests, Jesse and Rachel of Kashu, a apparel business that is rooted in feeling good and doing good. So this husband and wife team of co-founders have a simple mission in their business and their life, which is to help others feel good. How amazing is that? So... That includes everyone from the individuals growing the crops they use to make the gorgeous clothing line to the consumer to how they feel when they're behind their computers working in their daily lives. So they operate their business from anywhere in the world, which is super cool. We'll get into that. And they always have their core values of honesty, transparency, and love at top of mind. So... They sound amazing, right? So let's get into this. Let's ask them some questions. Thank you so much for being here, you guys. Thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, what a wonderful <laughs> introduction. Thank you. Of course. So, all right, let's just, let's go into this a bit and talk about, you know, I know a lot, there's a lot of overlap here and a lot of people listen to my other podcast with Aaron, which you guys were guests on our With Purpose podcast, and we got into your brand and your um, background a bit there. And so, you know, we'll put that in the show notes So because I want to go even deeper here and, okay. and learn some more stuff. But I think, you know, we should start by explaining, you know, how I love the story of how you guys met and how um, you traveled and found your vision for your business through that whole process. So I would love if you could kind of tell, you know, before we even get into the business, how the two of you came together. Uh-huh. So that's a long story now. We've been together for 13 years. Um, we've been married for coming on four. So do you want to start with the very beginning? I think that as most, as most couples, I think that there, there might be kind of a differing first meeting. Um, but I yeah, love this. Basically, we, we, uh, we were young, fresh. We were both... Um, spent our very first year of university on exchange living in England at a university there. And uh, we didn't know each other, um, but we just happened to be at the same school. And 
uh, depending on who you ask, somebody saw somebody first and, um, yeah. And we, we kind of, we got uh, together, became really good friends and that was, uh, 13 years ago. So it's, it's incredible looking back already, uh, over a third of our lives together. It's pretty special. It's super cool. So did either of you have, I always love asking this, like a feeling when you met each other that you, it might be the one that you're, you're with for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a guy is the best person to answer that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, see, yeah, he's very diplomatic. <laughs> um, for me, it was really clear, but I was pretty discerning at a young age as to what I was looking for in a life partner. Um, I didn't let him know that, of course. Um, but it was, yeah, it was very clear. I we're really young. It was he hosted my my 18th birthday party. So um, obviously, our relationship has been. I in the beginning, it's definitely like you know the the, the 20s. There's so much growth and development as right, an individual. Right, right. Therefore, your relationship definitely changes and morphs and grows in many ways. So. I always remember thinking like I could really see the phases of our relationship within, you know, the first within our 20s being like, yep, I've probably been in about six relationships with Jesse since we started because it just yeah. shifted and long distance. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's everything I wished it to be. And um, it's just it's grown and morphed in a really beautiful, creative, collaborative way. And that's how it's so successful <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So. When did it become when did you guys decide to become business partners through that this relationship and how did that change the dynamic of the relationship and how do you kind of keep that in check even to date? Mhm. Great question. Um so we we both love traveling. It's in our blood. Our families love traveling and and I think that's why we were both overseas uh, at school when we were 18 already. So that, that's always been a common bond of ours. And, and together, Rach and I have um, backpacked uh, through different continents now um, over that 13-year span. And a uh, number of years ago, probably about five years ago now, um, I was kind of full in career mode. Rach was in career mode. My background is in business and international sales. Rach is, is in design. And uh, we got to a point where in my career I was traveling. Great combo to start a business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I was traveling about three of four weeks in a month. And, and it was always, I loved what I did, but I was always on my own. And, and we were spending a lot of time apart. And we got to a point uh, in our kind of early career uh, where we, we said, okay, well, we can either keep on this trajectory or we can totally shake things up. And uh, we went for the latter and, and bought one-way tickets to Asia and uh, spent the next year traveling together again um, all across Asia. And A little precursor. Before we went traveling, we got engaged. Uh, yes. And um, we, I just kind of knew within ourselves that it was really important to spend some super quality time together doing and exploring and growing mm. before we went into this next phase. That should be a requirement for a marriage license. I, I am a Travel. big opponent of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't you it think? Was, for sure, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, why not? Just see the true colors for what yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah, that's, such, that's so smart. It's so smart. Go on. Yeah. And yeah, so it was on, and on that trip where um, – you know, one thing that really was clear to us is everywhere we stopped, 
we would always kind of seek out the the businesses, whether restaurants or yoga studios or stores. Not even necessarily business spaces. The spaces, more. yeah, um, that were run by people that were living their passion, um, and, and we just found it so inspiring because when you walk into a space where yeah. it's absolutely clear that this is somebody's dream, uh, it it affects you. I, I think that's what you know. We all consider our, our favorite places in life. You know, the the coffee shop that you just love because you know it's run by, by somebody that yep. loves what they do. And, and so I think just a combination of things, a combination of seeing some of the hardship um, that exists uh, in, in kind of the manufacturing belt that is lots of Asia for, for America, uh, seeing these people living their passions and then looking at our life as we travel together and our, and our backgrounds and saying, well, we should really combine all of this and, and see if we can also live our passion and, and live it together. And, and that's essentially the, the seed that you know, started Kushu. And by the time we, we decided to move home, we weren't sure originally. We were thinking we'd be moving to Australia. Uh, but we, we moved home specifically with the intention of, of, uh, of creating something together. And that's, uh, that was the seed that, that became Kushu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well put. <laughs> I love that. And I know exactly what you mean about, you know, just walking into a place and a space and feeling that sense that you were talking about. It's like you can feel the energy of a, a place that's run from a genuine need being met, but also from a really good way of someone wanting to do good work in the world. And I think you can feel that in a, you know, a physical space or – you know, I hope people feel that in the wellness wonderland or yes. in the in the space that you guys have created, you know, even though maybe they can't walk in and, um, you know, hang out there. Yeah. So I, one of the things that we, you know, very consciously do is, is try to make it a space where people will feel com- comfortable. And part of it, I know it sounds cheesy, but we have a, a little pop up that comes up for the first time visitors to our website. And it's it's actually just Rach and I's face essentially saying welcome. And, and it's kind of trying to be as close to you, to the web will allow at this stage um, to creating that experience. Like you're actually coming into our space, you know, something that we're welcoming you into this space that we care so much about. I love that. And I, it can definitely be felt. I mean, I think, you know, it speaks a lot to the two of you and also, um, you know, Rach, to your design skills because it's beautiful. The website is so beautiful. Thank you. Um, but it, and, and so user-friendly too. And I think that that's something that, um, you know, people people don't want to stick around in, in something that's confusing or that doesn't, um, you know, look beautiful aesthetically. And, and you know, you, you guys really hit all the nails on the head there. So let's, let's get back into the brand then. So when did you decide that you wanted your business to be this organic clothing line and how did you decide to um, go there in that direction with it? Okay. So, um, as Jesse was mentioning in the previous story on our big trip. So during that time, we really got to refine really the philosophy and the purpose behind the company that we wanted to establish, but the actual service or product was not defined at that time. So um, it became very clear after getting back with one little snippet that was presented to us by his mom. She very sweetly gave him a pair of slippers, and um, 
we were very, very sensitive just with what we've been doing and kind of our awareness around, you know, mass production and waste and things. And as soon as, as soon as I saw these slippers, I couldn't help but think, I know they're from Costco. I know millions of them are selling. They're made out of fake foam and fake fur. So it's all polyester. It's going to go into a landfill by the end of this season. And they're selling millions of them. So that was the first thing I thought when I saw these slippers. So all of a sudden I was like, oh, so we actually started designing for the first year a shoe that could be worn indoor, outdoor, organic cotton and all natural rubber handmade in Peru. So that's when we began our our journey actually was in shoe design. And then after a year, then we diverged into making a product that was one size fits all. It actually was born out of my Kundalini yoga training. And so Kushu was more from there. So that's that's where it all began. Oh, cool. So do you guys still sell those shoes? They're actually all designed, but they probably won't go into production, I'm guessing, for maybe next, like, I'm guessing it's season or two. The, they, uh, the reason, so basically what happened, Kitty, is we, we, um, we loved everything about it, but all of a sudden we got to a point, we, we spent uh, just over a month in Peru working with this incredible third-generation Italian-Peruvian shoemaking family. It was amazing. But we got back and realized that we somehow managed to design a business that was more complex and complicated than we were ready to take on. Um, it was going to demand um, well over six figures of investment. It was going to have multiple sizes. There was just risk on many, many fronts. So we uh, we actually just made a, a conscious decision. Like Rich said, she was in her Kundalini training. She saw that there was a big market gap for actually organic um, and consciously made accessories, especially for Kundalini and head, head coverings. And we decided to uh, to put our shoe dreams just on the shelf uh, for three to five years while we developed a market. We learned how to do this business, and and then at some point, we're so excited for it. We're, <laughs> we'd like to come back to that concept and bring those shoes to life. But uh, by then, hopefully, we know exactly what we're doing because you make a lot of mistakes, a lot of them costly when you're an entrepreneur learning how to do this. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think that's a great you know point to touch on and. Um gosh, I don't know where I heard this, but, you know, they say to fail fast, right? You know, you learn things and then you move on and you come back to it. And, you know, that's just how it goes. So I think that's a great lesson to touch on. And I can't can't wait for the shoes whenever that is. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That'll be awesome. So so then was the um, smoke shawl the first one-size-fits-all item that came from your kundalini inspiration? So the very first product is actually our two um, headband lines. One's called the the Who headband and then the Enzo. So for me in Kundalini, um, it's uh, highly suggested to wear a head covering of some sort while you teach. Um, and I just really couldn't find something that actually functioned really well because I like to do a really physical practice and that just really felt like me. Something that was versatile, I could really wear off the mat, on the mat, anytime. So um, I got into designing des- like different styles and prototypes pretty early on. And that, that was the first, the first kind of product for um, the, the yoga market. And then within that, I was using two fabrics, the organic cotton and then the tensile, which is the, the eucalyptus tree fiber. 
And um, having bought that fiber, we had a huge amount, so it was great. I had all this fabric to play for another product, and that's where the smoke shawl came out of. Mm, so yeah. cool. And so that's really cool, you know, for Kundalini that these, you know, they're just – I love them. I, I got to get a bunch, but um, – <laughs> You don't is you find it's okay, you know, energy wise of not covering the entire head. That um, and I liked what you said. It's something that's still you, you know, a turban that still feels like you. And I think that that really speaks to making yoga modern and making yoga transferable to people. Yeah. Um, so they're great. I, I, we've, we've designed them so they can open up to totally cover the whole crown of your head. They're, they're, they're eight inches wide. So when you Amazing. open it up like a bandana. Um, so it just like, for me, I'll wear it kind of multiple ways during yeah. the day, depending on how I'm dressed and what I feel like. And what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great traveling piece. Like I use it all the time. Like on the airplane as a face mask, if it's windy, just put it all over. It's really great for that too. Oh, amazing. I'm I'm so excited to have all of these links in the show notes because uh-huh. I know people are going to be like in their car right now driving or listening to this one. Yeah. like, I got to see this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Pull over, people. <laughs> um, be safe. Yeah, be safe. Safety first. That It's so cool. So um, so now, you know, let, let's bring people up to the present and kind of, you know, we got into the background of, of how you guys got started, but how have you been surprised in the the growth of your business? What have been some big moments that have just felt really good and juicy that have um, kind of propelled you to keep going? You know, any any of those moments? Okay, so there've been quite quite a few. The the most recent one of those was that we just finished our first Kickstarter campaign. Um, it finished just about a week ago now, and um, that was fabulous. We'd, we've been live online for about, um, it's going to be two years in November. So um, in that time, obviously, we've got a beautiful, we're really fortunate, we've got an amazing, loyal um, family of um, Kushu, Kushu-feeling people, um, and it was a great opportunity for us to get to expand our reach and communicate to a larger audience, and it, our feedback, well, it was really great. Within the first four days, we reached our initial goal of um, $10,000, so that was huge, and then it just, it was great. By the end of it, we doubled it, so that was a huge huge accomplishment for us and something that was just so strong and so apparent was just the support like the support that we've had from the very beginning the seeding of this company all the way through we just wouldn't be here without the love and like energy from our surroundings like um this company is definitely made up from the community that that supports it so with, with everything from our first trade show, from our wholesalers, those great yoga boutiques around North America, um, everywhere you look, it's, and it, I think it, it says a lot to why we are doing this in the first place. We really do want to be affecting people in a positive way. And it's so beautiful because you send that ripple out and that's exactly what you attract back. So it's, it's been a very positive affirmation for us. So yeah, it mm. definitely makes you keep up. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great one. Mm -hmm. And it made me think of something I wanted to highlight from before that I forgot when you guys were saying that you got started, you didn't really even know what the product was going to be or what you were going to do, but the mission and how you wanted people to feel when they saw your company or came to your website, you knew that first. And I think that that is such an amazing way for people to take an idea and put it into the marketplace. And I think everyone starting a business or an idea or a blog should have that same concept of, you know, just ask yourself how you want to feel doing it and how you want other people to feel when they come. And then you can figure out what you even want to do. And and I think that's that kind of speaks to the way you guys structured your business, right? Very much. I think that's um, that's spot on. And I, and I would absolutely recommend it to everybody because one thing um, that you've um, surely uh, seen with your with the Wellness Wonderland is is that um, you when you start something, you don't you really can't predict where it's going to go. And sometimes in life, I know I have uh, a tendency of wanting to have something all the way lined up or already perfect before necessarily committing to it or, to it or doing it. And, and, uh, and sometimes you just need to start. And for us, by starting with uh, um, knowing what we wanted to achieve, it got the wheels turning to the point that we started to see products and, and services almost everywhere that could accomplish what it was that we were actually looking to do. And the company... It just, I mean, it was almost kind of like a, it's the cliched snowball effect. Like you start to feel that momentum and then these opportunities present. And it was just kind of by stepping into that, into that flow, so to speak, by putting our intentions out saying, this is where we're going, that all of these ideas came up. And, and I would absolutely recommend it to anybody that wants to start a business or, or really to change anything in their life Any is to, to put yeah. those intentions there, say what you want to achieve, what you're looking for, and then allow the coincidences to start to pile up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, Rach, you'll, you'll know this probably. You know, it reminds me of that Yogi Bhajan quote that it's like, when the time is on, you start and the pressure will be off. You know, you're never going to have <laughs> all the answers. You have to just start. And I mean, yeah. that, you know, what a, what a smart dude. It's like, don't, don't give in to procrastination and just, go and then you'll figure it out on the way you know everything's figure yeah. outable that that quote gets a lot of play around in this, in this, uh, this house <laughs> this this in the wellness wonderland too yeah. <laughs> i've got it on post-its everywhere <laughs> just start i hope that's a takeaway for everybody from yeah. this one yeah exactly. yeah start and the pressure will be off. Mm. And it's so true. You know, with anything that I – like when my to-do list is a mile long, I just wrote an article about overwhelm. And the the only thing that makes me feel better is taking it one thing at a time and just doing something on it. Even if it's like a yeah. little thing, even if it's like organizing the list, like anything. Just – you immediately feel relief. You immediately it's... feel the pressure being off once you start. So – it's a good one. Yeah. So all those people out there, start whatever it is your heart is yearning for in any way, shape, or form. Just start. Yeah. It, it's like cracking your back or so, You know what I mean? I just feel such relief just by doing yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So now that you guys are into it and you have started, what is the long-term 
vision and mission for your brand if you had to say, you know, 10 years down the line? Mission and vision. That's a that's great a, that's question. That's very good. You know, we, we, do, we do put out, um, I guess, intentions of what we'd like it to be. Uh, ultimately, we would like to have a, a company that supports us in being able to build this. That is something that is, you know, realistic of, of having a business, um, being able to have a family and be able to offer our family opportunities, you know, in their life. Yeah. So that's that's a big one. In terms of specifics and products, um, there's a lot of things that we have in the pipeline um, and some really exciting things that we think could take Kushu in many different directions. We're at a very, very interesting place right here, actually. We, we went away, um, we kind of touched on it just briefly, for five months this winter. And partly that was our, that previous trip we talked about being away for a year, um, there'd been like four years in between that from like the seeding of the concept to actually where we are now, which is being in the brand in, in, our, in our second year. And we were fine. We were at a place where everything we had conceived, we actually, well, you know, it, it switches and there's, you know, it goes back and forth, but really we'd really come into and kind of manifested everything we had hoped for where we're at right now. Um, and we are at a place where it's like, okay, we really need to reconnect with our initial inspiration and just, you know, kind of get out of the to-do lists the, and just get some clarity as to where we want to, the winds to sail this beautiful, you know, ship. Yeah. So that's partly why we went away this winter, which was great. Um, that being said, while we were away, we came into some huge projects like our Kickstarter and we became very focused again, So, um, which was a great success. So we're at a place right now where we have, we've been really, talk, we talk about it actively probably every day. We have a lot of beautiful directions to move the company in right now. And we're at a place where we're actually sampling quite a few things at the same time. We haven't, we, we, I, we can't actually tell you what they are right now because they're in the sample form. So, um, but there's, there are so many different ways. Stay that this, tuned. Yeah. yeah it's could, kind of, could evolve. All, all of the products that we do, um, as you know, it's all about um, everything's ethically produced. So while we were away, we were looking at some beautiful collaborations with artisan work because I, I come from a creative background. I love handcraft. So we've been exploring some of that just so you have an idea. Um, exploring the products that we already work with right now, um, making everything downtown Los Angeles and some great products and products that I know that every day I wish I had, and I know that so many other yogis and just other consciously minded merch, you know, people that shop would love to have. So there's there's quite a few staples and then quite a few really unique, beautiful products that are more like one of a kind, really small run that we would like to do. So we're kind of playing with bringing some big staple, beautiful products and then also some really kind of um, more like boutique style things that kind of showcase unique kind of cultures and artisans around the world. Mm. That's kind I can't of wait. I can't wait to see whatever you guys cook up. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, um, all right. So now I want to kind of get personal with you guys. Yeah. So these questions are, you know, more about you and less about the business. But as entrepreneurs, why is incorporating yoga as part of your life so crucial to you? 
Do you want to answer first or me? Yeah, I'll... Um, I know you both have different types of yoga practices too, yeah. so you guys can um, answer separately for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, it's been yoga. I'll speak on my behalf. Um, I, I didn't do... I did a little bit of yoga over the last kind of 10 years, but I, I was very active in other sports, um, triathlons and stuff like that. And when we went away on that trip, um, yoga became a, a daily daily part of my life, my own practice. And that was spurred forward by um, some very fortuitous meetings. We, we had the fortune of uh, doing a, an amazing yoga session and practice with Gurmuk. Um, uh, Gurmuk, who is, uh, is a very well-known Kundalini instructor out of Los Angeles, um, and as Gabby Bernstein, who's also studied with her, uh, as well as we went and uh, sat with His Holiness the Dalai Lama in his um, wow. home. In, in India and all of these other spiritual experiences. And, and over the course of that year, I, I wouldn't be able to pinpoint it, but I, I really began to appreciate how, how much uh, that daily practice and daily meditation, even if it's, even if it's only a small little bit, um, and even if it's just moving the body in a very small way or, or in a more, um, in a more exercise-based way, whatever you need that day, and, and how much balance that brought into my life. And um, that practice has been there now. It's probably been about five and a half years every day since. And I would, I would credit it with so much of what we have been able to do with Kushu in, in the years since we made that decision to go traveling. And it, it just, the, in a word, it's, it's balance. It brings mm-hmm. balance into my life when... Um, the world can seem to be so chaotic and, and you're always trying to keep up. I nice. love that. So, so Rach, your turn. <laughs> so I, I practiced, yeah, I've been practicing yoga, yeah, yeah, at least 10 years. Um, there's a lot of yogis in my family, fortunately. Three of my four siblings are yoga instructors. So... Wow. We all teach very different styles, which is awesome. So I'm a very open-minded, well, I guess most yogis you think are flexible in the mind and body, but I'm very open when it comes to yoga and styles and practices. So my, yes, just like Jesse, it was fabulous that year away getting to kind of, we kind of studied under five different teachers and it, and I was also reading some great books actually. I don't usually read a lot unless I have like, it's like a real leisurely thing. So unless I'm on a trip and I read some great books, actually a couple by Deepak Chopra, which was just perfect timing. And that trip with our daily practice, it was beautiful because we started to practice together, which was really, really special. And then for me, by the end of that trip, I had an incredible Kundalini yoga experience with Gurmukh. And I, within my first class, I'd committed to becoming like a kundalini yoga teacher <laughs> which was quite a lot to take on so in the following year I then did my training during that training it's an incredible training and in really um really developing that self-practice so for me with my self-practice and our business it's definitely about balance it's also for me about showing up to myself every day and saying this is my time it's my time for myself for that beautiful, you know, that infinite place within myself, that pure love, and just bringing all that energy that goes out all day and focusing it back inward. Mm -hmm. And within that practice, also 
opening. So the biggest thing for me, it's not the biggest, everything's so important, but within the balancing is the opening to a greater force. So for me, one meditation I do a lot is called Satkartar, which Yogi Vajan, it's, 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 it's also used as a saying. So make it something happens in your life. I don't know. An apple falls on your head. Um, Satkartar is like, oh, there's a greater force at work right now. So mm, I love this. Yeah. yeah. So that mantra for me and the mudra is amazing. It's opening from the heart and pushing open these walls. So for me, it's about opening myself to a greater power. So I don't always think it's about me. There's something bigger than myself. And it's about me just opening up, letting go, cleansing, and allowing that to work through me. And that really helps take off the pressure and just helps me every day to actually just have a beautiful moment of joy. You know, sure, of course, your practice isn't always joyful because it is a practice. And some days it's just about the discipline, like sit down, I'm going to have my time. But it really is when I do that practice, it really helps me just find the lightness in everything all the time. And just as a, sorry to, as a really quick side note, uh, something uh, just to very quickly take you back to Kushu is we, we don't really just want to focus on products. We want to help people introduce feeling good into their daily life. And, and a big part of that is we are both yoga teachers and, and sharing the tools that we use. And we've just started recording some uh, of Rachel teaching her meditations. And actually just last week we I'm launched so excited a, for that. a, a meditation yeah. <laughs> of Rachel teaching Satkar Tar yes, uh, that we we'll filmed. We'll post that below. Yeah, so I <laughs> thought that would be a good a little segue there. Yeah. So you, with, with that segue, talking about cushion, how we want to grow, really, which has become very clear, is being of more service to people. So whatever that could look like, I'm really excited about integrating more different, um, you know, parts of being able to help people feel good about themselves, about, you know, helping them live the life they wish to live. So whether that is, it, it could be anything. We're very, very open right now about that. So yeah, it's not purely product-based. It's, it's really about helping people have a great experience in their lives help in whichever way we can. Yeah, you know, I think for entrepreneurs, it's tough not to have that that mindset of being open. Um, and you know, if you if you don't have that, it just may not be for you. You know, because you have to really cultivate that sense of being flexible in the in the mind and the body. But you know, really to, to whatever comes your way. And um, and I think that that's you know essential for for the practice of yoga and for the practice of being an entrepreneur. They definitely go hand in hand. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So I guess, you know, this will have to do with your um, your yoga practice, your sadhana, but I would love to know if you guys could walk us through your morning routines. Maybe, and I know it probably changes depending on, um, you know, where you are in the world and, and what day it is, but what does your typical morning look like? What are, like, maybe the first three things you do when you wake up and um, how the specifics of how that affects how the rest of your day goes. Okay. I'd love to answer that question. So we've just got back into our, our home. So more of our regular life now, because we were on the road for a very long time. And some of the, the practices that you cultivate at home, they don't always adapt well in new, in new locations. So that's one reason I'm so grateful to be home, actually. <laughs> so um, I learned a lot about being flexible in your practice while I was gone. So 
a typical, typical, it was not like this typical for the last five months, but a typical day for us or myself. Um, normally, well, nicely, we actually sleep with mantra, which really helps really quietly. I'll say that. Jesse's like, oh, God. Um, really I do, too. Perfect. There you are. So that just kind of helps your like your subconscious mind while you're sleeping. Just stay in a really beautiful, neutral open place so yeah it's nice to not have like the silence sometimes in going to bed I like having that playing too you know yeah it's a beautiful white noise to have in your room so upon waking up this is pretty typical for a you know a kundalini you know someone that practices um we take a really short cold shower and we kind of okay so I'm not gonna get into details but you can find a lot on this um and you you essentially like massage like your feet, your hands, your limbs, and you're just trying to wake your body up, getting it all of the capillaries, all the cells rush out to the skin, you flush your organs, you give yourself a massage, and then when you come out, you feel completely awake and alert and excited for the day. It also clears the mind. I, I like to sing a little mantra while I do this. And then um, after that, we do like, we just like cleansing, like, I like to clean, like brush my teeth. There's a few things you can do to like actually cleanse your throat chakra in the morning, which I like to do. And then I come upstairs. I have a glass of warm lemon water to help my digestion get started. And then I go downstairs. I open the windows, turn on some music, and then I start my practice. So my practice can range, but a very typical kind of day would be put on whatever music I want to just help me feel peaceful and lovely. I'll do um, about three to four warm-up exercises for my spine just to get me comfortable sitting. Then I'll do maybe sun salutation, um, one Kriya, like a couple sets just to get the, the energy going. And then I might do another short series. So in Kundalini Yoga, there is Kriyas, so um, a sequence of postures that will help you get a certain effect. So maybe there's one really short set that's great. It's um, keeping the body beautiful and it just opens up the hips. It's lengthens the sciatic nerve and it strengthens um, your, the molar bun, so the base of your spine and brings the energy up the body. So you feel very awake and alert when you're done. And then I do my daily meditation, which I've been doing four meditations for the last kind of three years. So I do those. And then I sat nam and I start my day. I adore that, and I have more questions. <laughs> so, yeah. first of all, that sounds amazing. Is this 4 a.m. sadhana, or do you do it no. a little bit later? Okay, so lately, so that routine is like a typical routine. Lately, I've been doing my meditation before I go to bed, because we've been jet-lagged, and I've been sleeping in right until we start work. So I'll still do my morning, like, shower and, like, lemon water and things, but I'm actually doing more of my my meditation practice before I go to sleep. So everything shifts right now. Um, so sadhana time, I love morning sadhana when I was doing my training and I got to go into a big group at home right now. It's definitely not at four. It would be more like naturally for me, which isn't too early. It'd be seven o'clock. So, and I just do it for an hour. I love that. So with your meditation that you're doing now, Tell us what that one is and then, you know, what is your favorite meditation and, and favorite Kriya that you have? Okay, favorite meditation. I've been 
I'm one of those people that I'll start a meditation and then I don't want to let it go because I'm I'm <laughs> one of those. Well, in Kundalini, if um, in our lineage, so if you, it's a, meditating is about training the mind. So um, and the duration of time that you do it for, like the actual time, whether it be three minutes or eleven minutes or thirty-one minutes, and then the duration of like days. So whether you practice it for. 40 days or 90 days or 120 or a thousand they all have different effects on the body in different levels so with that knowledge I never want to drop a meditation because I know I'm like oh I've done 90 days maybe I should do yeah so I'm one of those people that I like it takes a while unless it's really just after my 40 days it's if it's just really you know I will let it go but I kind of keep sticking more on <laughs> So I've been doing the last couple for probably two or th- two plus years. Wow. Um, Never missed a day because you go back at one, right? Yeah, no. not no, not these ones. If I miss a day, finally I'm like, okay, I was meant to let it go. So that I'll like, I'll, I'll finally be like, yeah, yeah, I get a different one. I have time. Um, <laughs> so the ones I'm doing right now, I do, I do four right now every day. Um, so the first one I've been doing since the very beginning. It was um, given to me by a beautiful Kundalini teacher, Sat Siri. Um, and it is actually, it's perfect. because it, it opens all the chakras. And it's specifically for me when, when I requested a meditation, it was to, it actually opens your throat chakra. So you can, I could, at the time I was feeling a huge amount of energy in my heart and I just felt like, it's almost like when you go to speak and your throat cracks or something, I could just feel that, that the energy wasn't flowing out and into the world as strong and as fluidly as, as it could. So this meditation um, was actually given to me for that, but it actually, it affects all your chakras. And it's also a meditation that um, is the basis. It said when you master this meditation, you can then go on to master any other meditation. So I do that meditation. It's called Sare Sasa. And actually I've, rec- I've recorded that one. Yes. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll have yeah. that in the show notes. And it's got two versions. It's also great to do on a full moon. The mudra is slightly Ooh, different. Nice. Beautiful. And there's lots of great audio recordings. I've got them ri- written down as well. So then the second one I do, which I recommend for so many people, um, it's all about conquering self-animosity. So it's about... That's what it's called. But in my words, it's about self-loving practices. And I noticed in, in, in my life and in my thought patterns that a good analogy would be you're running a race and you can see the finish line. But I could sprint and I know I've got it in me, but I don't want to sprint in case I trip and I fall and I've given it my all and then I fail. So instead, I'll just keep running at a good steady pace because I know I'll get there. So it's kind of this self-limiting mindset of cutting yourself short instead of being fearless and jumping off the edge and knowing that you're supported. So this meditation for conquering self-animosity, it's a beautiful breathing meditation and it just brings you into, into, your, into your strength but into a loving place so that your mind supports the core self. So that's the second one that I like to do. Mm, really nice. I love these. I can't wait for all these videos. You, it's <laughs> going to be so helpful to everyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's and you can do these 
anywhere and it can be simply be three minutes. In the videos, I just teach three minutes. You can do 11 minutes as long as you'd like. How long do you spend in each of them each day? So originally with the, all these meditations, they're usually 11 minutes for, for me. Like, And then I line them up so it's, yeah, like 44 minutes of meditating, so, something like that. But over the years, once I hit my, like, my 90 days or my 120, then I'll shorten them down to three. <laughs> This is my technique. So I'll have various meditations going. And, and depending on the day, like if I'm super busy, maybe I'll do three minutes, but I'll be sure that I will always have the time for myself. Yeah. So I like to be flexible because naturally, hence having to do a loving meditation, I can be hard on myself. I can be very critical about myself and very judgmental and hold myself to a very high standard. And You're not alone. Yeah, and a, this is a practice of self-love and non-judgment. And if you can't practice that on yourself, you will not be able to practice that on others. So I really, really, really try my best to practice that. And um, traveling this trip was a very good testing ground for that because my practice was definitely not what it is at home. Um, and it was really good, though, because I still feel just as connected to to my center as I did before I left, maybe even more so, which is beautiful. So it's just about flowing in your life and and always honoring that place, knowing it's with you and just doing the best for where you can and where you are. So um, yeah, that was a good thing. So everybody, don't be hard. Just, just do the best and you'll get everything you need out of it. Yeah, and that's a great point to highlight too. You know, beating yourself up keeps you stuck. So just let that go, and and I love that. So, okay, one final question I have yes. about your practice. So I loved that you said that you kind of get things going with some sun salutation. So, you know, I had this conversation with Gabby a while back about, um, you know, mixing vinyasa styles with kundalini, and and I know that there's um, – I kind of forget what she said, but you, I love your insight on this, and I know, you know, you, there's some – um, teachings from Yogi Bhajan saying never to um, change a Kriya, but when it comes to adding and, and fusing those two styles, what are your thoughts there? So with, uh, um, I'm seeing two different questions. So the first one about sun salutations in the morning. So um, Saraya Namaskara is actually a Kriya. So it is a Kriya in and of itself. A sun salutation is a perfect set as as taught in Kundalini. So you don't need to worry about sun salutations if you're concerned, any Kundalini yogis. Um, it's it's one of the first sets in your manual. Oh, right on. Um, which is great. But for me, I've also practiced a lot of Hatha, so I might do some alterations within my sun salutation to just open me up however I need to that day. Um, does that answer that question? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is it? Okay. And then the second one is a really great question. I I am someone within my personal practice and when I teach, I may teach a certain way because that is authentic for me. That is my like satna, my truth, my essence. Right. But when I go to practice with other kundalini teachers, I really love going to all different styles of teachers. I am not hard pressed that I have to be in a very traditional setting at all. I want, for me, I want an authentic experience of the soul of the person that's teaching to speak to that within me. So if I feel like there's someone and they're getting stuck behind all these barriers that they're trying to communicate through because they think it has to be a certain way, 
sometimes I just, I just want, I want to feel the essence of that person coming through. So however that may be, um, that's wonderful. Of course, I want them to be respectful of where they have, what they've learned so that they're, they're teaching mindfully and that they have an understanding of where it's all coming from so they can make it an it, educated choices. But ultimately, I want it to be an the most authentic delivery as possible because that's what's going to bring me into my authentic self. So that's how I'd answer that. Yeah, I love that. And I don't know if this is a, a quote from Gabby or a quote from Yogi Bhajan, but, you know, all people want from you is your authentic truth. And I think, you know, when it comes to yoga and it comes to, you know, the, the guide leading you, I think if as long as they're authentic, that's that's it, right? That's that's what people want. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Jesse, I know your practice um, is a little different. Talk to us a little bit about your practice. Yeah, um, I, I have a, a background in Hatha yoga. Um, I, uh, I'm a teacher of Hatha yoga as well. Um, so I, I've come, it from, come to yoga a little bit more from, from that side of the, of the picture. But that being said, um, <laughs> being married to a Kundalini yoga teacher, um, Kundalini, as you know, is something that is not is very much taught not just to be on the mat it's it's an entire yeah. life system essentially from the cold showers that rage mentions uh through to daily meditations and and just the general way in which you live your life and and being together with rage and and uh supporting and being there with her as she did her teacher training and has evolved as an incredible teacher it it's deeply influenced my life and my practice. Um, so for me, I, I do a lot of the same routines, uh, the cold shower. I have uh, very similar meditations that I do daily. Um, and then a little bit to answer your previous question is I've also done some training in Kundalini. I haven't done a full teacher training, but something that I love is at home, I've got some Kriyas that I do in my daily practice and I've been teaching them interspersed into my Hatha practices um, at a bunch of the locations that I that I teach. And people love it, yeah. uh, which doesn't come as any surprise, really, because I love it, and it's obviously coming through in a very authentic way. So what I would try to do is I'll, I'll build a Hatha sequence um, where you can fairly seamlessly integrate an entire Kundalini Kriya yeah. into the flow of the practice. Yeah. And then flow it back into a hatha to wind down, for example. And and I, like I said, I found for me that's what I practice at home. And then when I go and I teach that in a in a class setting, people respond so so strongly to it. Yep. Um, and so- and he'll teach the kriya in its entirety. So um, some teachers, you know, uh, other disciplines may, may not do that, but just. When, when Jesse teaches, it's really beautiful because once you practice a Kriya enough, I'm, I'm thinking of one that he teaches that is amazing for, for the, the solar plexus, the navel center. And when you really practice it enough, as a, as, a, as a practitioner, you'll naturally know, okay, what type of postures do I want to warm up for this series? And what postures are really going to benefit me at the end of this series? Mm. So it's great. So with his Hatha, he can, he's got the creativity to be able to then create a beautiful flow leading up to this beautiful set of postures and then a beautiful flow to allow the body to kind of come together and let, allow that all to consolidate. So, yeah, it's, it's got some lucky students. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that 
that sounds amazing. And I honestly do the same thing in my classes. And, and I know, you know, when I got really into Kundalini and started to know and memorize these, um, these Kriyas, and, and, it's, and it's funny, I like to say I practice with Gurmukh all the time because I do her um, Kundalini DVD. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, especially those ones that I would do over and over again, I yeah. would really have in my mind. Yeah, and so, you know, I would just incorporate, you know, different meditations and, you know, start doing Breath of Fire and teaching Ego Eradicator or, or teaching different things or frog poses or, you know, different things incorporating in them. And when they were new, you know, people were like, what, what's going on? What's going on? This isn't, this is not, this is not like the last girls class, you know? And, and then eventually they're like asking for it. Like, why didn't we do that ego eradicator thing this week? And I was like, oh guys, you know, we'll, we'll get you next week. Yeah. But, um, but it's just funny. Cause it's like, I, you know, I was nervous to incorporate those things cause I didn't know, you know, if that, if that was okay or, um, you know, how people would react to it. But People are, are genuinely open and, and, and people want it. People want these tools and people want them fast and people are waking up and people need them in their lives. And I think, you know, it's our responsibility. And again, I'm not sure if this was Yogi Bhajan or Gadby, but she says, um, you know, if you know one Kriya, teach that. If you know one meditation really well, teach that, you know. And, and I know Yogi Bhajan said he wasn't here to create disciples. He was here to create teachers. and. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's very easy and, and it, you kind of touched on this, Jesse, when, um, when something's working for you to, whether it's your diet or your exercise routine or whatever it is to want to push that on other people. And I know in my life, you know, just my personality, I, you know, I, I tend to be that way. You know, if something's working for me, I want everyone in my life to be doing it too. And, <laughs> and it doesn't work that way. You know, people have, people come to you when they're ready. And I think, um, you know, I, I heard a story from Gabby when she was doing her teacher training. Gurmuk, um, she was saying, you know, hey, I, I think my husband's getting a bit freaked out. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm coming home in these turbans and my whites, and I'm so excited. I'm seeing these mantras all the time. And, you know, like, and she was, and Gurmuk said to her, take that off. Take off your whites when you go home. Take off your turban. And she was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you know, just be the lighthouse and he'll come to you, you know, and, and he'll just, he'll just want to know, you know, that you're feeling so great and he'll see that you love it so much from you just being the light. And it sounds like that is kind of what happened in, in your relationship too. You know, you saw it benefiting your wife so much and then, you know, you wanted, you wanted some of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you uh, hit the nail on the head there. I'm really glad you touched on that. Cause I actually, I just met with some um, dear kundalini friends the teachers that i've i i rarely 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 see and both of them had mentioned which was kind of a surprise to me how fortunate i was that my husband could share in my pra- share in our practice and how um one of them was mentioning that you know her husband can't stand mantra like every time he hears it he turns it off like it's got to that that place and and the other way it's kind of two similar stories and I it was really good for me because I was like gosh yes got to remember my gratitude you know I can't just take it for granted but it's I'm really glad you're mentioning that because exactly you it's not about just be that and enjoy it for yourself and you don't need to say a word yeah yeah 
And I think, you know, not even just with your, with your, with your sadhana or your, your practice, just, you know, like I said, with your diet or with anything, I think that's yeah. a great takeaway for people. You know, diet's yeah. a big one on that. And like, you know, the, the other thing I think, and, you know, I don't know that obviously what the case was with your friends, but, you know, maybe it, maybe it was too much too soon for them. Yeah. And it's just patience. Yeah. And, and, you know, that, that's rough. That's rough for me. That, that's, that is a big, big practice for me of not trying to to push things on people just because I come from a place of I love things so much and I want to share. And honestly, you know, that that's why I do what I do, to be able yeah. to to do this to, to a people who are wanting to hear it and willing to hear it and are ready to hear it, you know. So I think... Um, I think that's so important. Yeah, as somebody that... Um, I, I didn't, I mean, I, I'd done some yoga over, like I said, about 10 years, but it wasn't until that trip that for whatever reason, I think it was a few different teachers that I, I started to appreciate it for what it is for me. And I stopped kind of seeing, I think before I saw what it does for Rachel and I, I tried to, you know, for that, for yoga to be that same thing for me and it just wasn't working. And because of that, I, I did admittedly have a bit of a, adverse reaction to yoga and and I think that's incredibly common especially amongst men um, and, and I think that something that I teach or that I tell my students almost every chance I get is you know it might be great that you're having a good experience here with me but go and practice with as many different people as you can as many different teachers because we all have things that resonate with us at different times in our lives and and it's not it's just it's not reality that one thing that resonates so powerfully with one person is going to resonate the same with another person and i think for people to come to their own realization of if they want a spiritual practice in their life and if it's going to work for them they really need to to sample because there is some voice or something out there that it is going to resonate with them and it's going to help them draw them into that into that circle so to speak um, yeah and that's at least that's what worked for me was was taking some of the pressure off myself and and just allowing that this experience is just what it is to me it doesn't have to be the same cathartic experience that it is for Rachel I love that and and just knowing that you know what it is for her will be different than what it is for you and and respecting that i think yeah. it's so crucial yeah so crucial oh this conversation has just gone in so many good directions. I, I don't want it to be over. I just want to hang out with you guys all night. One, one little quote I thought of when you're talking about patience yeah. by Yogi Bhajan, it's so simple. It's just patience pays. Mm, yeah. And boy, does it pay because yeah. that is, I'd have to say, one of the virtues that I've had to get to know very closely with our business. You do so much work and, and you just want to see the results and patience and just yes. letting go and just saying time is in your hands you yeah. know I'm I do what I can and then I let it go and I'm just going to be patient and I know it pays so it's yep. a it's it's a nice one it feels good patience pays wait let the hand of the divine work for you oh it's so good there's that um Mastin Kip reads that poem by Yogi Bhajan and oh, oh, okay. have you heard it I'm gonna. Well, I'll, I probably have, but not recently. Yeah, I'll send you guys the. Um, and I'll post in the show notes for sure. But there's a, it's it's on YouTube. But um, he puts it like over a mantra, and it's so good. I I did I haven't done it in a while, but I would um meditate with it on every morning, um 
for you know a really long time. I, I'd use a different mantra now, but but I just I love it, and I, I play that a lot actually in my yoga class, and it's the most requested that every single time I play it, everybody floods me after and is like, hey, can you send me that playlist? You know, like they, but just for that song, it's it's so good, it's so good. Okay, well, I am really excited. Yeah. I thought if you could share it, oh for that sure, fabulous. Yeah, you're gonna love it. It's, it's yay. Really rad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's super cool. God, the time is just flown on on this call. So let's wrap with some quick fire questions. You guys yep, ready yep. for them? Wait for it. Yeah. All right. right. So we'll have to do um, we'll have to do double take on these. So favorite colors for each of you, color, but for each of you. Does I don't know if white is included. Yeah, it totally works. Okay. Oh, I like soft pink, like a pearl pink. I like white. You go, Jesse. Sometimes I find that I'm out and about and notice that I'm wearing all green. So I think that says something. <laughs> I love that. We used to have like in in school like dress just one one color. You would have been great on that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, favorite things to do for fun? Maybe something outside of yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Travel. I absolutely love traveling, experiencing new cultures, new foods, new uh, new people. Just it it just fuels me in in a way that I've never found anything else that does that. Yeah, that's yeah. I love traveling with Jesse and doing stuff like that. Um, I also just love walking and hiking. Yeah, walking. I don't is know so if fun. fun is the right word, but it is fun. Like yeah. it makes fun. like me lighter and happier, and especially in the spring, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun get, getting to eat, like, berries while you walk. It's pretty awesome. Well, I, I don't get to do that where I walk, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I want to go forage. I wish we were having this conversation while we were on a walk and we were foraging oh. for berries and mushrooms. So very nice. <laughs> yes. That sounds amazing. Um, favorite day of the week? Tuesday. Why Tuesday? I was born on a Tuesday. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been partial to Friday or Thursday, excuse me. I, I like the fact that you're you're still in the work week. Yes, but you see kind of the the yeah. horizon there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that's my favorite. It's like it's like that like Christmas Eve effect. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's yeah. still fun, but you know you've got more fun coming. Like yeah, yeah totally. I, I really like Thursdays too, and I I like weekdays too. So. It's like yeah. the best of both worlds. A Tuesday's good as well, apart from my birthday. Is it's uh, I like it because Mondays I can find really overwhelming. There's so much. And by Tuesday, I'm like, I'm actually starting. I'm like, I've got a whole week to get this all done. So I feel like time's on my side. Yeah, that, that's actually true. I can get behind Tuesday because you think like, because <laughs> you think Monday, you know, they're so exciting and everybody's like, it's kind of stressful. And then um, Tuesday, it's like, the chillest day of the week. It's like totally. you're not excited for the weekend. You're not overwhelmed by last weekend anymore. You're over the whole Monday fiasco, and it's not hump day, so it's like chill. <laughs> it's just a nice day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So what is your number one piece of advice? You could just give one thing to entrepreneurs. Go. Be kind to yourself. Definitely. You you want to do everything all at once and for it all to be done and for the money to be rolling in and for changing people's lives. But it's what Rach said. It's patience pays. And in the process, just find that kindness towards yourself. Learn and grow as much as is presented to you. 
So good. Both of those. So good. What's your favorite part of the life that you guys have designed for yourself? Flexibility. Getting to spend it together. Mm. So good. Favorite vegetables. What a segue. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that is a good one. Avocado fits in every food group, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask the same question. I always, you? this time of year, when, when spring starts to roll around, I always go on a big uh, zucchini kick where I start oh, yeah. to barbecue them and put them in everything. And I just, I think it's just refreshing and nutritious at, yeah, at the same I'd, time. Yeah, I'd back you on that. I like zucchini every way. Yeah, do you guys ever um, freeze them for smoothies Ooh. and to make ice cream? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, you got to do that. On, on the website? Mm, I, I don't know, but I should. I do it all the time, so I should. Good idea. Maybe by the time this comes out, I will put one up and it can be in oh. the show notes. But I'll send you guys one. Yeah. yeah just just no. blend it up with a bunch of greens or, you know, something to sweeten it a bit, coconut, and it's like super good. Yeah. Oh, sounds so good. Yeah. Thank super you. Good. Yeah. I just love ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Favorite fruit. Oh gosh! So is avocado a fruit or a vegetable? It's a fruit. I'll I'll do avocado. See, we're so unoriginal here. Called it. Um, uh, I'm really all over the board right now after be traveling for so long. I'm kind of just taste. I'm not in any routines. I'm tasting everything kind of new, but I've been really liking like, which sounds so boring, apples, but not from commercial apple trees. Like the really small ones you get that yeah. are like. Green just turning red. I don't know how you explain them. You can't really get them in a lot of places. Yeah, are are those called crab apples? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah. They're kind of like they're super like they're tart and sweet at the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I'm into apples. Yeah, for, I I love me an apple. So, what is the best meal you guys have eaten recently? Like, let's say the last like I know you guys have been traveling about like two mm-hmm. weeks or so that just sticks out in your mind. Maybe one you've eaten together. At Ambleside, that was good. From Kishu. Oh yeah, we we live in uh, in Vancouver, <laughs> and and Vancouver is I don't know if, if for any of the listeners who have been to Vancouver, there's there's three things on every block in Vancouver. There's a yoga studio, there's a Starbucks, and there's a sushi restaurant. <laughs> um, and it's it's very cliched, but it actually is true. It's ridiculous here. Um, and sushi is a big part of our lives. And as soon as we got home, one of the first things we did is there's, um, there's this awesome little sushi spot that, uh, we go to and we get takeaway and we take it down to, uh, to the beach and just park in front of the ocean and, and, uh, eat delicious, beautiful, fresh sushi. And it's so good. Oh, that sounds so fun. I just want to come hang out with you guys. <laughs> it's fun. They do great brown rice and they've got really creative veggie rolls. So it's a real treat. I love that you take it down and eat it by the ocean. Like, oh my gosh, I need to just like move to Vancouver and <laughs> come move on. in with you. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll take sadna. You. It'll be so fun. Yeah, we'll go get coffee, do yoga, and eat sushi. Oh, my gosh. And, and, yeah. and go on walks. Don't forget our walks. Yes, the forest. the wild blueberry bushes. Oh, so cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we talked a lot about travel, so you probably know this is coming. Favorite place that you've traveled to? Can that include a place that you were born? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I'm starting to appreciate it more and more and more. Um, Norfolk Island in the South Pacific. Yeah, that's it's a little island. It's just three by five miles. It's 800 miles north of New Zealand, like, and then literally just in the South Pacific. So just ocean. So if you're trying to figure out maybe some other islands, it's, Fiji would be above it. Um, and it is just after traveling for five months in various places, the the pristine nature that is there, the peace and tranquility, because it's a tiny population of 1,100 people. It is just so, oh, it's just so good on your whole body, mind. It's just, yeah. So that's, that's, that's where, that's where I want to go to, you know, relax, rejuvenate, refresh myself. So did you, you were born there, Rachel? You didn't grow up there? I was born there and then I lived there till I was 14, actually. So quite a time. Yeah. (laughs) And then did you move to Vancouver or where, where um, did you guys my, live? My, my mom's Canadian. So my whole family actually then moved to Victoria, which is on Vancouver Island, really close to Vancouver. Um, and my family has been based there. Though our home, our family home on Norfolk Island, we turned it into um, a tourist retreat. So we still get to go home every time we go home. Oh, that's amazing. I want to yeah. go there too. Just yes. As a, as a, side, a side note too on that is Norfolk Island has its own language. Um, it, it's descendant of Old English and Tahitian. And uh, the word Kushu, which is our brand name, is is one of the most commonly used word words on Norfolk. And it means literally means feeling good. So that's where we got our brand from. I'm so glad you, you brought that up, Jesse, because I meant to – I knew that from the, from the last interview, but I definitely wanted to touch on yeah. that because I, I adore that name. <laughs> um, and I would say for me, it, it, the answer – Norfolk Island is, is absolutely paradise but because it's taken. Uh, Tibet would be for me. Tibet, I, I've had an infatuation with um, the culture, with the, the people, with everything about it since I was actually just a little kid and um, got to kind of realize the dream of going there. And uh, it was it was a very bittersweet experience because of um, just meeting a lot of Tibetans that have had some very tough lives because of um, just the circumstances they're dealt. So, but in terms of people, uh, the place, the, the nature, the mountains, it, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's just absolutely incredible there. Yeah, that that's one of those happy hike places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super cool. So, what are you guys' favorite movies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very critical when it comes to watching movies. I, I value my time so highly that it's like one of those things. It's like I, this movie better be really well researched if I'm going to sit down and give it a two hours of my time. So, I'm I, poor Jesse. He's always <laughs> trying to find a good movie for the two of us. And I'm like, ah. Uh, <laughs> um, my favorite movie or kind of movie? I, for me, I, you're better. I I come from like my youth. My heyday was like the Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, those types of movies, <laughs> and and anything with Chris Farley. And I've just got a real soft spot for that type of comedy. So I, the first thing that came to my mind was Dumb and Dumber. Oh my uh, god! And I haven't probably seen it in like eight to ten years, but <laughs> I I just know how much I loved it back then. So I love that. It's so funny. I'm I tend to be like you, Rach, where it's like. I'm to the point now where I really only watch movies that I've seen before because I know I love them and they make me feel yeah. good. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to get your movie list. <laughs> yeah. 
or or I really love cinematography. So if you're going to take me on a visual, like incredible experience, I'm right there. Yeah. 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 So that's for me. Yeah. Favorite books. Okay. Uh, have you, um, do you know the author Bill Bryson? Um, he's, I think he's originally from Iowa and he's got this incredibly dry sense of humor and he, uh, he's been writing travel books for about 20 yeah. years. And a couple of years ago, he wrote a book called uh, Short History of Everything, I think, or Short History of the Universe. Um, and it's, it's like making science and learning fun. And it's literally the, like everything known in a very fun and quirky and often funny way about, um, about the earth and our time on it. And it's, it's excellent. I've read it three or four times, and I still can't remember nearly anything because <laughs> it's full of facts right yeah so many good you know those those facts that you just need in your pocket every now and then that's just full conversation of, yeah like yeah. the real quirky facts <laughs> like I, actually i'm just reading another one of his right now again and it's like in in england um anytime you go into a a uh, church a lot of the churches there um have been around for a thousand years and and based on just having held the graveyard for um, a thousand years for the communities that have evolved over there, what you'll notice is when you go to a church in England, you almost always have to step down to enter the building. And it's because you've got literally up to 20,000 people buried in the front yard of the church because of over a thousand years, everybody from the community was buried there. You're hilarious. Very random, but just stuff like that, that just, I find just kind of quirky and funny. I think I heard that when I was um, studying abroad from my professor, which makes sense because he gave me that that name to read a book from him. And I remember finding it like a year later, you know, Bill written down on a little post-it in my like bag. And I never read his books, but it's like now the universe is like telling me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's come back around. It's, it's yeah. good stuff. It's funny and it's informative and, and it's nice reading. So. Nice and light. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm a person that reads – okay, I don't really read – well, I, I read for pleasure, but really I like to read to learn. So I'm someone that will read like uh, – Kundalini manuals, no, <laughs> oh, exactly. But the Deepak Chopra book. Yeah, that that was awesome. What was it called? Which um, I can't, oh, I've read a few of them and I can't remember the name of that one specifically. Seven less. Ah, uh, sorry, I can't even tell you. Well, I'm, they're all good. Anything Deepak is good. They're all good. <laughs> but uh, oh, the secrets, the seven. Ugh. Anyways, it's all good for me. Yeah. Seriously, I garden. I like <laughs> to leave the house. Get my hands in the dirt and actually, I, I like to get away from. I, 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 for me to relax, I like to do things and being in the garden and nurturing and making things beautiful. I just, I, it feeds me so much. I love that, and then you can listen to an audiobook while you do it. <laughs> See, that's what I got to figure out. Multitask, right? Or a yes. podcast? <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, precisely. <laughs> um, beautiful. Well, this has been amazing, and now I have to ask you guys the question I ask everyone who comes on the show, and so you guys probably know what I'm going to ask, but <laughs> you know the name of this podcast and the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you guys to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? 
For me, it's um, taking, make sure you have that time in your day every day to be able to truly listen to what's going on for you. And then to, in that listening, take action however that needs to be to keep your body in harmony. Mm, so good. Um, uh, my wellness wonderland is, uh, is friends, family, lots of nature, um, and just balance, just living, a living good food. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good food. <laughs> just living a, a balanced, respectful life and enjoying our, our time here. I love that. I love that. And all your answers. Thank you guys so, so much. We'll have all of the links and how people can get in touch with you and hang out with you guys online um, in the show notes. But is there anything else that you guys want to leave people with? It's been a blast hanging out with you. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I mentioned this with the the podcast that we did with Aaron, but I I think it's worth repeating. I I just think it's so amazing what you're doing with the Wellness Wonderland and to spread these messages and take – take these stories and share them because I, I do think for us, me, you know, seeing all those people living their passion when we were in, uh, in Asia that year is what spurred us to make a change in our lives. And I think that what you're doing is, is making that really accessible to people. And it's so good. It's just promoting more good in the world, which is exactly what we need. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you guys. Thank you guys for hanging out in Wonderland and thank you everyone for listening. Beautiful. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook, so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.